Welcome to Sister Sessions, 30 minutes of anything goes. Real, raw, authentic conversations about all the things on our mind. Welcome back. We are back, guys. Yes, who's back? Back again. And in true fashion, it's Dory breaking out into song, not Sister Sessions back. Tell a friend. Oh my gosh. Guess who's back? Guess who's All back? All right. Guess we appreciate y'all coming back with us and putting up with us after our long hiatus. Long. But most of y'all know, some of y'all don't. I mean, I'm sure most everybody knows. I had my baby girl. Yay, baby Kate is here. So today's episode is all about my birth story. Yes. And we have a special guest. We do. What's up? My <laughs> husband, Brad, who also edits the podcast. He is here to kind of put his um his experience on yes. birth and the first few weeks home with our girl. Yes. Um, but to start, do you have fast facts? Yeah. Or do you want to do the story first? So, Brad, you'll just be fine sitting here, right? Yeah, I know it's going to be hard for me to edit this listening to myself. I my <laughs> yeah, <voice>. he's very <laughs> critical. I was actually talking to Dory earlier about, like, we were talking about, you know, recording, and I have noticed so many things about my voice. I say, mm-hmm. um, all the time. And I'm trying to talk slower because I don't want to sound like Forrest Gump, but I don't want to be so talking so fast y'all can't even understand what I'm saying. And I do. I feel like I do. So I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to slow it down a little. So bear with me as I get my And I voice could be right. here um, so Dory doesn't be mean to be beat. Oh, oh Brad. I'll just be mean to both of you. Gosh, she was so butthurt that day. I okay. was butthurt that day. I'm so butthurt. Dway. <laughs> okay. I've got Mother's Day Would You Rathers. Okay. Let's hear All it. All right. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Oh. Um, Amazon Prime. Really? Just because it's so convenient. And I do have a child now, so mm. Netflix is okay, I'm sorry. far and few In between now. In my mind, I was thinking Prime Video. Oh, obviously Netflix. Yes, they have more options. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, that was a saying. little misleading. I'm so sorry. No worries. All right, coffee or tea? Coffee. Go out shopping or shop online? Go out shopping. Oh. But again... That has changed in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. But Mexican takeout or Chinese takeout? Mexican takeout. Never Chinese ever. Sleep in late or wake up early? Sleep, sleep in late. That's a silly question, yeah. isn't it? Um, wash clothes or wash dishes? Wash clothes. You know, I enjoy that. Yes. I, I told you that. Oh, you need to tell them about stripping your laundry. Okay. okay. All right. Um, read minds or see into the future? Read minds. Yeah, that'll be good. I like not knowing what the future holds. I feel like it could potentially make us sad. Yeah, they mm-hmm. really could. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, order takeout or delivery, or cook dinner at home. Takeout or delivery. <laughs> Even though Brad is a good cook, he's our cook, and he yes. is a very good cook. Bake something or craft something. Bake something. Yeah, I know. Go barefoot or wear shoes. Wear shoes, but not in your house. No, not in my house. And you know what? I would love. We just need to have on a different episode where we talk about cleanliness and I can talk about Go Clean Company that I yes. found and we'll just get into that. And you can talk about the fact that you have a vinyl sticker on your door now that says take your shoes mm-hmm. off. No, you cannot it, wear shoes in our house. Please. It does say please. It does say please. Shoes are disgusting and you know what? If you're going to hit me with giving me a hard time, I'm going to hit y'all with the facts of how gross your shoes oh, are. Oh, the mm-hmm. facts. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Well, you know what? Here's my thing. I need to see what my outfit looks like with my shoes. <laughs> Not in our house. Too bad. So sad. You better put a mirror outside if that's the issue. I mean, you don't ever want to see what you're... How do you do that, Brittany? I'm just going to have to... Well, I mean, Dory, I can just look down, for starters, have eyeballs. But you can't see what your outfit looks like. I mean, yeah, but you're much more into fashion than I am. I'm very much more, like, plain, like, 
I don't think that's conservative. True. So like, I don't need it, it'll my shoes will go with my outfit because it's not going to be that crazy. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know about for ladies, but you know, I realize what BB was talking about when I went to a quick trip bathroom and I looked down at the floor. And oh. I went, yeah, this is why. Yeah. That's funny you say that, Brad, because I actually was in TJ Maxx the other day, and evidently they'd had a little toilet mishap, Mm -hmm. and I thought, this is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, the things that you carry in your home on your shoes is actually disturbing, and especially, which I've done this since we bought our house, so I can't blame it on having a child, but now that I have a kid that will soon be crawling, crawling, I can't, it's disgusting. I know they would be fine, that's what their immune systems were, but it's just gross. It's just gross. I agree. Okay. Uh, grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Grape jelly. Watch a comedy or watch a chick flick? Ooh, a comedy. Yeah. Go on a cruise or go camping? Go. Yeah, okay, neither. I honestly think I would rather go camping than go on another cruise. Uh, I did not like a I cruise. I think I would too. Yeah, did not like it. I didn't like going camping either. I mean, going on a cruise either. Mm-hmm. Listen to an audiobook or read a book? Read a book. You know, I've never tried an audiobook, and I need to because I'm interested to see if I would like it. I just love turning the page. I do too. Hold it in my hand. And I, with podcast, now y'all better not do this. I'm bad about like getting distracted for a few seconds. And then I'm like, wait, especially if it's like a story. I'm like, wait, what are they doing? So I feel like an audiobook would essentially be the same thing. If I miss ah. 10 seconds, I'm like, wait, what Speaking just happened? Speaking of audiobooks, so, you know, I teach school. Mm-hmm. And so we were reading a novel not too long ago. Well, you can go to YouTube. And, like, if I didn't want to read out loud one day, people on YouTube, like, record themselves. That's pretty cool. Well, I love reading out loud to my students so much. I really think I'm going to start doing that. You should. And, and you have then, a neat voice, too, I feel like. And you would, like, animate it, I yeah. feel like. It wouldn't be, like, monotone. Yeah. Really I cool. really think I'm going to start doing that. Okay. Uh, last one. Order groceries online or go to the grocery store? I'm going to say go to the grocery store simply because we did Instacart last year. And it's probably because it was the pandemic, like the height of the pandemic. It's like they were out of everything and they would substitute it for stuff I didn't want. Yeah. And that was just a little frustrating to me. Yeah. So it's I think I would just rather go. Yeah. I think yeah. I would just rather go and just get what I need. Yeah. I so. love the gamble. Yeah. I get that for sure. And again, with kids, with a child now, I'm sure, because I have not tried to go to the store yet with her by myself. I'm sure if that were the case, I would just rather order them yeah. and just have them brought to it's me. It's so funny. I went to the grocery store not too long ago with both. Oh, it was last It was last Sunday because mm-hmm. it was the Sunday right before Teacher Appreciation Week. So I was trying to get groceries. I was trying to get Teacher Appreciation Weeks for five teachers. Ugh. When I left, I wanted to, like, take mm-hmm. a Prozac. Mm-hmm. I, like, it was a lot. Yeah. I was like, this is why I'm okay when they make random substitutions. I get that. I get that. I'm sure my opinion on that will change as time goes on. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Now, mine are kind of like Mother's Day related. I'll just go, okay, this one's kind of random. What's the most trouble you've ever gotten in? Oh, well, like at school or with mom and dad? Um, both. I didn't think there was a such thing with that with Dory. Brad. <laughs> y'all, if I can't be me, neither can you. That well, was... I thought that was a nice thing. You never get in trouble. Well, I mean, I did have a child out of wedlock. Oh, God. That's but I was an adult. I was over 30. You weren't in trouble for that. You were a grown um, I did get in trouble one time pretty bad, and Dad threw my old boom box That's right. outside against the surprise, tree. This might surprise some of y'all. Dory apparently used to be a smart butt to yeah. our parents. Like, really, really gave them a run for their now. money. So, Dad had asked me to turn it down, and his story is I would turn it down like one notch at a time, and he got tired of it and so he came in my dad room. has a bit of a temper when he 
finally gets enough. Yeah. I've, I've probably only seen our dad lose his temper like four times mm-hmm. in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, it's rare. But anyway, um, that one was pretty bad. And then at school, I got a fight one time. So I got so expelled. There's yeah, there's that. When did you know you were ready to be a mom? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I think... I think I knew I always wanted to be mm-hmm. a mom, mm-hmm. especially once I fell in love. Right. Um, I don't know. I think when Stephen and I first got married, I really wanted a kid right away, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And then we switched roles. Mm-hmm. I, um, He really wanted a kid, and I wanted to wait because we were traveling a lot. Right. And um, I don't know. It just, I guess we just knew when we knew because. Right. Anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a straight answer. Yeah, for that. that's okay. Um, what was something that you liked about the way you were raised that you now try to do for your children? Oh, um, that's an easy one for me. Church is number one priority, mm-hmm. and sitting down and eating dinner Ooh. is a priority. Yeah, you know that's something me and Brad actually don't do because I mean, you know, it's just me and him, and like we're right. together all the time. And I, I think that we're really going to work hard to do that because mm-hmm. it is important. Mm-hmm. And I think that conversations really get started at the dinner mm-hmm. table that maybe otherwise wouldn't if you didn't so yeah that's a good well one. and i mean we're not great at it all the time right right you gotta be realistic sports, but that's important to me oh yeah for sure uh something you said you would never do as a mom mm. but that you now do or allow uh, let my kids play electronics yes like pretty you much know, I was when they want just having a conversation with our preacher's wife after church about like i know i'm not above no. letting her have screen time whether that be the tv and ipad now will i monitor what she's playing sure mm-hmm. but like i'm not above that if she'll give me 10 minutes of peace mm-hmm. by all means you may watch barney <laughs> like I need i'm to not clean about up and that reload the dishwasher right but right. it's not like i'm like hey you're gonna get on your ipad and i'm gonna go out to a bar it's right. not like that like I need to vacuum the floor. I could definitely see myself. You need to scrub the toilet. If I need me time, though, giving her a screen and drinking a margarita by myself. Like, that does sound good. That oh, I could see myself doing. I, I definitely let them play screen mm-hmm. time so that I can come to my room and watch whatever I oh, want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. No shame in my game. Yep. What surprised you most the first year of motherhood? Um, There's a lot of surprises. Like, that positively or negatively? Both. Let's do one positive, one negative. Okay. Well, my first year of motherhood was a little rough right so, so, so i'm gonna say before. the first six months yeah of let's do that yeah i would say um how quickly you adapt to like when i was when it was just me and steven and i know when it was just the two of y'all like if you want to take a nap at three right. o'clock you take oh, a nap yeah. if you want to go for a run at 10 30 a.m you go for a, but like i was surprised how quickly you give up things of your own yeah to make sure that your child is taken care of right. and and all and not begrudgingly you right. you give it up that's not to say it's not an adjustment it's an adjustment right. for sure but how quickly and almost easily you give it up um but for your child right that's a good one was there a negative thing like you were like oh, oh this is kind of sucks i wasn't expecting um, this well ludie may cried a lot that's right ludie may was oh, she had colic i would and I was trying to breastfeed, and I couldn't, and it was just, it was a lot. If money was no of no object in a perfect world, how many kids do you think you would have? Um, probably four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, proudest moment as a mom? Um, so, like, 
I don't know, I think daily they make me really proud with just the ways that I see them interact with other people. Oh, yeah. And the way that they make other people feel. Yes. Um, but as far as, like, individually, like, one big event, when Ludie Mae was in pre-K, <laughs> she entered a pre-K through five talent show at our school. And she was the very first act um, of the whole night. And she got up and killed under the sea. Um, and, like, I remember crying it was unbelievable i was so overwhelmed yeah. with like joy for oh her. my gosh um or yeah. just the braveness she yes. showed at such a young that i don't even know that i possess ever yeah it was amazing yeah and then channing i would probably say um like probably his like sweet sports moments where because like he struggled with baseball he wasn't naturally just really good at it so like when he got his very first hit what was it they did like he got on base, but then, like, they threw somebody out at home or something, and he just kept running the bases. And he thought he had a and home run. And my family, we just kept cheering for him. I'm sure everybody at the ball field thought we were stupid, Who but cares? I don't care. And we cheered for him. He ran all the and bases. And what was it? it? It was, like, his first couple games. Somebody said something. He was like, well, I didn't get a hit, but I had a good time. Yeah. Like, he had a good attitude. Like, I I can't imagine as a mom how, because, like, I was proud as his aunt for, for yep. his positive attitude and not pitching a fit. Yep. Um, he was, yeah, I get that for sure. Okay. And one piece of advice you could give me now that I'm a mom. To not sweat the small stuff. Yes. That's like when they spill a drink, mm. it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. If they knock something off and break it, it's not a big deal. Because to me, like those little everyday mishaps that can really like send you over the edge. Mm -hmm. Those are the things I think that can make or break children. I get that. Yeah, if they're spirits. constantly being belittled. Yes, or... if they're constantly being told, watch what you're doing. Right. Oh, my gosh, what were you doing? Right. You know, like, or if you're constantly losing it. Yes. Yeah. Like, how much easier is it to say it, it was an accident? And I'm not know? saying I'm, like, a perfect mom, but some, kind of going into our marriage, we knew we wanted children. That was a conversation we had early on dating. So in our house, I feel like we we don't have expensive furniture because I knew we wanted children. Mm -hmm. Why in the world would we spend thousands of dollars on furniture? Yes. So if they mess something up, of course I want them to take care of things, like be responsible, but like it's not a big deal. We don't have expensive items in our home because we knew we wanted children. So really there's not a lot <laughs> that they could do that like I, I think would send me over the edge. Um, like think about how many parents and children mm -hmm. you've seen when a simple mistake was made and i'm not saying i've never done it because of I've course done it you're gonna right of course but when you've seen the parents absolutely flip out and you think in the whole scheme of life right. that is the most trivial uh -huh. minute uh -huh. issue uh -huh. but you see the little kids like little spirit just wither right oh my gosh yeah i was just about to say if you watch their face yes. it can be heartbreaking and I get it. Like, everybody gets frustrated at times. Like, even me and Brad, you know, there's times where I'm like, why will she not stop crying? Like, it doesn't take you long if you just look around. And with social media the way it is now, look on social media and you see these parents who unfortunately have unexpectedly, their child has gotten diagnosed with something. They have lost a child. Like, it doesn't take you long to get humbled and yeah. things to get put into perspective real quick. Like, yep. yeah, she's crying. Okay, well, then she's healthy. She has a good set of lungs. Like. Yep. It doesn't take you long. So those little things, too, it kind of falls in that category. You know, yesterday we were at our older sister's. We had, a, like, a little tea, and I broke a glass. And did you hear Channing? Uh-uh. When he came in there, and he was like, what happened? And, of course, everybody was giving me a hard time. Well, your mom broke a glass. The first thing he said was, well, 
accidents happen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Seg- should I begin? Yes, girl. All let's right. hear that birth story. So, um, I was induced at 39 weeks. Um, we went in on like Tuesday. I think it was like March 16th. Um, we went in at like 7 p.m. Um, first of all, we knew my baby, our baby, was going to be smaller. That was something that they noticed at the 28-week scan. We had like a 3D ultrasound, and they noticed she was a little smaller for you know her gestational age, which was she was fine she was just little so we knew she was going to be small so we go in um that tuesday night they start the induction process they just gave me like um a pill didn't they yeah and i did start having contractions pretty soon after i took that medicine so i started having contractions in the night about seven o'clock that morning that's right and they kind of left me on my own well first of all they were like get some try to get some rest okay that doesn't happen. That does not happen. I didn't sleep a wink, I don't think, because, like, I knew that, like, you're waiting to have a baby. Like, what – and I kind of like what Dory said. I've always known I've wanted to be a mom. There wasn't, like, this enlightening moment in my life where I was like, I want kids one day. Like, I just always knew. Um, and then, you know, Brad and I tried for a while, and then you finally get pregnant, and you wait nine months for this baby, and then all of a sudden you know it's hours away from happening. So sleep was not in the cards. So, finally, about 7 o'clock that morning, I think, I got up to use the bathroom, and my water breaks. Now, I don't know how it was for you guys. My water was not a huge gush. It was, like, strange. But was yours a huge gush? Well, kind of, sort of, with Ludi more so than Channing. Okay. But still, I thought there was a possibility maybe I just peed my pants. Yeah, like it was it was strange. Were you at Walmart Garden Center? Yeah, my mom not. went to labor with me at the Walmart Garden section if that's not the most redneck going into labor story ever. But um so <laughs> my water breaks and I look at Brad and I'm like I don't know what that is. And I'm like I call the nurse. I'm like do we need to clean it up? So we need to know if it was my water breaking or not. So we just left it there and the nurse had to come test it. Sure enough, it was. So from there, obviously, as most of you know, most I think most of our listeners are mothers, um, things progressed, I felt, pretty quickly. Um, the, as far as pain-wise, the pain started picking up. So, um, Dory, did I tell you that before my water broke, though, they had checked me, like, in the night? Just because, you know, I was already 39 weeks. I wasn't dilated at all. I was at a zero. Jeez. Yeah. Um, which surprised me, because I had been having some pains in the weeks, I felt, that led up to getting induced. But I guess that's just normal pregnancy pains anyway um so from there I started getting sick and y'all when I tell you I I vomited a good bit and the noises that were coming out of me (laughs) were ogre like like it was not like you know you get a stomach vocal cords or from other it was like it was coming from my belly up it was like I can't even mimic like I'll try but it was like like no that's not even right like it was just very deep it was like i was in a tunnel and i was echoing or something oh um so all dignity goes out the window very quickly because like obviously i mean me and brad are very very close but like you don't want people to see you when you're doing stuff like that (laughs) but i told him at one point i was about to puke and i'm like you have to come with me because i'm scared i'm going to like pass out so he had to stand behind me while i puked a lot and I didn't eat a lot in the days that led up to it because like I didn't want to be embarrassed like you know everybody says that you like poop and stuff during labor like I was like okay well I'm gonna eat light foods like I don't want to be embarrassed like let's empty my bowel so like I had nothing to puke up as a result so I was just like dry heaving 
whatever. Then I decide, you know, let's get the epidural. And the midwife comes in. It's not my normal midwife, but she's, I, I love this lady as well. Um, she was like, let's try to wait a little bit longer while I'm trying to eat something. Because, you know, you can't eat after you get the epidural. So I, I tried to eat something. But like I said, I was sick. So I guess y'all can connect the dots there. Um, and then I finally, I waited about two hours. Um, and I'm like, okay, now I'm ready for the epidural. It took Bob, the anesthesiologist, forever. Oh, Bob. Oh, Bob, the anesthesiologist, forever to get in there. It probably wasn't. It was like an hour. Yeah, I think that was her strategy, trying to make it last long. Because she was like, we got a little fl- fluid bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did have bed. to. I had to drain fluids or whatever. So um, when you're in that pain, you want it. It, hit, it was a very peculiar pain. Like, I guess I had always just, like, been told. And I'm, I was in the very early stages of labor. So it's not like I was a warrior, like, about to push. But I guess I'd always heard that it was, like, um, period pains. And it wasn't like that for me. It was just a very... Would you say that, Dory? It, like, it's a peculiar feeling? Like, yeah, a I, peculiar pain? I would say peculiar. And I would say whatever it is, it it makes your, you kind of hurt all over. Yes, I would agree with that. And like I could... Your, every, like, everything hurts. I could feel my female area. Like, I, it was hurting, mm-hmm. I felt like. And mm-hmm. I guess I wasn't... Which, I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. I just assumed at the end that's when that would kick in. Mm-hmm. But no, right from the start, it yeah. was like oh, yeah. sore, kind of hurting... So, my regular midwife came in, finally, and she, not finally, I mean, she, I knew she was coming, and she was on time, I don't know why I said it like that. She is amazing, me and Dory both use the same one. Yes. Um, I'm actually scared to give her name, because We're not she, her name. because she is so good, it's like the Hunger Games trying to get an appointment uh-huh. with her. Um, but she's just the best, so she gets there, and I am not a hugger, we've discussed that on this show many times. She came in and gave me the best hug of my life, like, Aww. it was just the most amazing hug, and I'm not a hugger. She actually got there right when the anesthesiologist got there. I know that they're at risk with an epidural. I did not need Bob. <laughs> and I know the hospital requires it. He runs through everything that could go wrong. Oh. And I'm like, Bob, I'm going to need you to shut up and put the needle in my back. Right. I, it, so at that point, what's going through my head is I'm like, do I want to try to do this natural? And then it's like, of course I don't want to do this natural. But I may die of a stroke if he administers this needle. I mean, it sounds like my chances are real good. I mean, he said, like, one in a million. But still, I'm like, wait a second. When was the last one in a million, though? Where are we at statistic-wise? That's right. Uh, So he does it. And, of course, they they numb you first. Or they do it. The hospital I was at, they numbed me first. And then they put the epidural in. After he said that. Oh, great point. So he goes through all the things that could go wrong. Then he goes back there. And he's about to start it. And he's like, your spine's crooked. And I was just like, okay. (laughs) And he's like, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to get this needle in. I just kind of, like, looked at my midwife, like, like, Bob, this is your time to shine. This is your time to shine. And, like, finally my midwife was like, okay, well, then let's move her around. Like, we'll, we'll just figure it out. And, and so, she was just sitting on the bed in a weird spot. Yeah, I was. Like, I was just sitting funky. So, finally my midwife moved me to where Bob could administer the epidural, thank God. And everything was fine. But now, I didn't know this. I could still feel my feet, and I could still move my feet and legs. Um... It was just supposed to numb me, I guess, where they put it now. It just numbs you in, like, that one, like, your stomach. What? That's how it was for me. I could move my feet the entire time. I and could not. And in fact, like, I've I've questioned if it worked super well. Because even when I was in labor, they kept having to move me. Because I could be like, I can feel certain things. Like, I could feel the 
the catheter. Like when the tube would move, I could feel it. Yeah. And one you said one of your legs was on one of my legs. I could completely move it because the nurse right. came in and I was like, I can feel it. And she was, and I was like, I cannot feel my right one. My right one was dead. But I was like, I can feel, like I can feel contractions, everything. She's like, we'll move it. And sure enough, I did. She's like, okay, let's move you around. Anyway, long story short, and that department, I don't know that I ever was completely numb like I should have been. And I don't I don't mean that as a fault to the nurses, doctors, anything. Maybe it was my crooked spine. I don't know. But I never maybe felt Bob was onto something. Maybe Bob was onto something. He knew. But I never felt like no, I'm not saying I did it natural by any means. It worked enough. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So finally, um, around what time was it? Six, she Meredith came in mm-hmm. and checked me and I was at a ten ready to push she's feeling around and she's like all right we're gonna put you on the peanut but she's calm as a cucumber she's like we're gonna put you on the peanut ball we're gonna like and that's mm-hmm. like this funky looking yep. yoga ball if y'all don't know what i'm talking about um because she's her position's a little funny so i'm just gonna try to move you and see if we can move her so i'm like okay so she lays me there for about an hour right yeah and she comes back and she fills and she's like okay she's like i'm gonna try to move her myself so she's I like look at the ceiling and I look down one time and I look at her gloves. There's just like blood everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep looking at the ceiling. Yeah, um, that was a crazy thing to witness there. Yeah. Brian said that that was pretty tough to watch. So he said, what did you say? She had been in areas that you have never even been in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it surprised me. So um, finally, oh, and then she said, she was like, I was freaking out because it felt like there were holes in your baby's head, but. I think that's her face. She's like, those are her eyes that I'm poking, which was super funny. I wasn't, like, pissed about that. But anyway, finally, we, she's clearly not supposed to be face up. She's not supposed to be face up. So they told me she's coming out a little funky, but they didn't make it sound like it was a big deal or anything. So we begin to push at 8 p.m. That's right. 8, PM. 8 p.m. So we're pushing, and my contractions are about five minutes apart. They were not coming together super close. And I can't, I know I just said I don't think that epidural worked. I could not feel any pain at this point. But when I tell y'all... That I could not stop tooting. I could not stop. It was like a trumpet. Like every push, it was like. <laughs> and I was like mortified, mortified. And I'm pretty sure, like, this is embarrassing to just announce on a public podcast. Like, I'm pretty sure I was like pooping everywhere. No, that never happened. But I was definitely farting. You can't deny that because I could yeah, hurt it with my was, ears. There was no um, physical stuff coming uh, out. It was, I, like, oh. I even said at one point, I was like, I sound like my. 90 something year old great grandmother from I back think in the day. Was you back a lot it too. was. It's embarrassing oh, and you so can't you control like it. Mm-hmm. But it's embarrassing, especially when there's like two women there, like right at it. And it's like, okay, I'm sorry, but I can't stop it. So I start pushing then and everything's fine. And this is on St. Patrick's Day at this point. This is March 17th. So we're thinking the entire day, we're about to have a St. Patrick's baby because I start pushing at eight. So we're getting close and closer to midnight, and I'm like, do you think she's going to be a St. Patrick's baby? And Meredith, my midwife, is like, oh, I don't know. Like, you could tell by the way she said it that the chances were not good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay. At about 1 a.m., right? That's right. The My midwife stopped me, and she's like, okay, so you've been pushing for a long time. I'm going to have to call a doctor in here that is also a part of their practice. So it wasn't a big deal. She's like, just, you know, to let her know what's going on. She's like, we may need to use the vacuum on her head because, you know, just to get things moving a little quicker. So, of course, then they have to, they have to tell you the risk involved. And it all involved hurting my baby. I felt like, no, of course, I'm sure the risk is very low. But at the end of the day, it was all things like that could hurt my 
baby. Right. So I'm like, can I please just keep trying? They're like, yeah, you can keep trying. That's fine. And I'm just so exhausted at this point because at this point it is the morning of March 18th. We went in the night of the 16th. Tuesday night. And I haven't slept hardly at all. So y'all went in on Tuesday and now it's Thursday morning. Now it's morning. early wee hours Thursday morning. Like I am food. tired. I have not had any food. I found out when I was pushing that I could have been drinking Gatorade and stuff the entire time. I thought <laughs> I could only have water. But no, you can't. You can have like sodas and stuff at this hospital. Um but I didn't know that. They brought me some ginger ale. When I tell y'all that stuff was a delicacy, it was a delicacy. So, like, I'm sleeping in between pushes at this point, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm just exhausted. I'm, like, begging them, please get her out. And they're like, you have to do it. And I'm like, I don't want to anymore. <laughs> this isn't fun. I'm not having no, a good thing. said, you have to do they're, it. Yeah, they're like, you can do it. They're like, you have to do it. And you can do it. Like, but you have to do it. And I'm like... I've been trying for the past six hours to no avail. Um, anyway, they told me at one point, they were like, reach down and fill her head. And I was like, oh, they're like, no, come on. It was disgusting. Like, because I, I mean, I could feel the top of her. I mean, she had hair. Like, I felt her head. I was like, oh, gosh. I was like, no, thank you. No, thank you. I was like, not until she's born do I want to feel that again. So, um, finally, like, I am emotionally exhausted physically exhausted like i'm starting to panic a little because i'm very much aware that i've been pushing for a very long time and and i'm also it gives it's giving me anxiety that they're recommending like reinforcements i guess is the right word to use like the the vacuum, vacuum. and stuff so then at that point i'm like so i'm not going to be able to do this on my own like they're gonna have to do something to help get her out and what does that look like for me or for her mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know. if and it was it, all because she was crooked. She was and transverse, like, yes, which yeah. means she was coming out sideways. Um, and in hindsight, I probably should have known her kicks the last month, I would say, of pregnancy were way, way, way over in my side, like almost in my back. And I, in hindsight, I probably should have said something, which I don't know what they could have done different. Um, but it does make sense to me. But yeah, she's coming out sideways. That's why it took so long. Um, did Meredith finally recommend the episiotomy? Yeah, she brought that up towards when it was getting that time she could do it, I think. So my options were to use the vacuum on Kate or to give me an episiotomy, and I opted for the episiotomy. Um, and Brad, do you want to explain what that was like? Because obviously I couldn't see, and I couldn't feel either. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just standing there. I can't really do anything as a husband but just try to support her. But I don't want to say anything and then wig her out. But when they bring in out the term vacuum and stuff, I start wigging out inside. <laughs> and um, I looked down right before she started talking about episiotomy. And, like, Brittany's private part just looked like a volcano about to erupt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, every time she got ready to push, I would stand up with her and try to... He was so good. ...try to hold her up. But after I saw the volcano, I decided... Uh, <laughs> I might, need to, I might need to sit down for the rest. I think he almost passed out. But he he's not the type to like make a big deal about it. But he said, he's like, I had to sit down. Yeah. Um. So he, he did. And so they do the episiotomy. And then I, like, truly, y'all, I was, like, blacking out at that point. I just remember opening my eyes and Meredith, the midwife, had Kate in her hands and was handing her to me. And Kate was tiny. She had... Easy, tiny. I remember looking at Brad and being like, Brad! And um, just immediately grabbing her for Meredith. Uh, she had a head full of dark hair. She cried until uh, she, they uh, laid her on BB's chest, and she just looked at us the rest. Of the she time. did. She immediately cried. Um, yeah, she was so warm. 
Uh, they hand her to me. She's teensy tiny. They were, you know, getting the, um, getting her kind of cleaned a little bit. Um, it was just beautiful moment. It is. Sure. It's a beautiful moment, and any parent knows exactly what that's like. They had warned me beforehand. They said her face is going to be pretty swollen because instead of her having like a cone head like a lot of babies do, it was suctioning her face because she was coming out like face first. They warned me, um, but when she was born, we did not have any genetic testing done because it, it didn't make a difference in if we were going to keep the child or not. Um, so when they handed her to me, I thought she had Down syndrome. It would have been fine. But my stomach sank, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in pictures that I've shown people, they know, they see what I'm talking about. She, her eyes were very almond shaped. And it's like her little nose had been yeah. like flattened. She looked so, like she got in a street fight. She sure. did look like she'd gotten in a street fight. But she was fine. I was fine. I did push for six hours total. And that sounds worse than it is. Like I said, to, to begin with, my contractions were few and far apart. We were just having like normal conversations with the nurse and midwife. Um, just kind of hanging out it did get intense towards the end like it does for everybody i do remember saying a lot this is ridiculous because i'll be like please help me and meredith would be like you have to do it she's like you can do it you deserve this you want this like but you have to do it and i was like this is ridiculous i was like this is ridiculous and i and the one thing we've talked so much about is if if you had any other doctor oh my gosh that they would have taken you to the or probably four hours before you actually I, had her well and meredith did because i had my six-week checkup just the other day she told me she immediately knew when she felt her she was like my stomach sank she's like i'm about to fail this girl because and if if meredith felt like that that tells me right away that any doctor or really any other less wonderful midwife mm-hmm. would immediately be like i can't do this put her in the put her in the yeah. it's help it's hopeless um so i am oh my gosh yes i cannot sing enough praises for our midwife like i said it's the same one dory used as well um and she's always said she prides herself on keeping keeping, her patients out of the and she did and i was fine kate was fine we were never in danger um it just took a while Mm -hmm. and for her to also my midwife it was her week off that week she rearranged her schedule to be there for when i had my child that's the only reason she was working is because of me um so and by the way if i would have told this story the week after I got home, I would be in tears right now. Oh my gosh. Both of you. Yeah. We were not. <laughs> uh, I knew about postpartum depression and I am so thankful I have avoided that. I did not know about baby blues. Nobody warned me about baby blues. Me and Brad were a mess the first week. I heard Justin Bieber's song, Anyone, for the first time and I started crying. I was like, this is the most beautiful song I've ever heard. I didn't know a man could be so emotional. We cried and cried and cried. Brad was like, my mom walked in the door, I started crying. My dad walked in the door, yeah. I started it crying. Is. I, I went to get us a sandwich the next day, and I'm just in the line ordering a sandwich and breaking down crying. <laughs> it was... I, th- I don't think you can prepare. Brad said not long ago, why did no one tell us how emotional this would be? I was like, because you couldn't prepare for it. It's one of those things that... People can tell you, you know, you'll feel this, you'll go through this, but until you go through it, you cannot prepare for how it feels, how you feel personally, how you handle it personally. Mm-hmm. It is something you have to go through. Um, so yeah. anyway, I know this has been a, a long story. What it really uh, makes you uh, know that God is real because that is a miracle. Oh my gosh, it's such a miracle. She is healthy. She's a little peanut. She's tiny. She is tiny. But she is healthy. She has recently, she's almost eight weeks old and so she started giving us sweet little smiles recently she is amazing we i've really enjoyed being a mom so far i do think that it helps that i have such a good 
you know, husband and partner in this because he has let me have, have me time from the start. So if there are any men out there or you want to let your husbands listen to this, that is essential, I think, for mothers, especially postpartum. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be able to have a minute. Um, your hormones are all over the place. Your world just got turned upside down, as did the dad's. But you need a minute to yourself, too. And I am so thankful that he's given me that. I think it makes me a better mom. Um, but she's great. She's healthy. She's so sweet. Um, I did say when we were pushing, and even after, I said, we're never doing this again. Like, I, this is ridiculous. I am never doing this again. And even after, um, I remember looking at her in the little bassinet in the hospital and being like, it's so sad that I'm never going to give you a sibling. Like, you're going to be an only child. But now, of course, eight weeks later, I'm already like, yeah, obviously, I'm going to have more kids. But um, it's great. We are so blessed. Aww. We... She's amazing. She is amazing. Real chill baby. Too. She is. She does have some tummy issues that we're working through, but it's gotten better. And I know, you know, it'll continue. That's all babies. It'll continue to get better. Uh, we love, you know, being her parent. And she was worth the wait. And thank you to, I know a lot of our listeners, you know, have been keeping up with my pregnancy journey and have probably prayed for us as well. We appreciate it so much. Please continue to because we need all the prayers in parenthood. It is intimidating. As do I. Right. I mean, like, that's never going to stop. Uh, but it's great. Dory's a great aunt to our baby. I mean, Kate, Kate loves, loves me. So. We do. And some, I was telling somebody today, I was like, it really is so great having siblings and parents who adore her just as much as we do, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, like, she's surrounded by so much love and support yeah, that's that is a positive thing that uh, me and Brittany come from a rare where both parents are together and mm-hmm. stuff and no issues and so mm-hmm. that's nice to have. Yeah, that. so yeah. we are very blessed. Um, I'll probably, I'm sure I'll, of course, always tell different things that happen and hopefully we'll go into more of the postpartum stuff next time. But thank y'all for listening and praying for us, and we will be back to a weekly basis now. Yes. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.